Cool. We going now? Fantastic. The best stuff never makes it up. Yeah, it's true. That week I cried like through the whole sermon, that all got scrapped, you know, which, you know, I was great. I was glad. It was a moment. You had to be here, you know. But um, I'm Paul. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here at the Groves. Normally during our uh, time of uh, kind of learning together here, uh, Sonia, my wife, and um, I usually kind of have a conversation around a piece of scripture, and we've been working through the book of Exodus. But um, she is out once again on a learning trip. Um, as, as we uh, make this transition that we're making, um, she has been going and visiting different places and uh, learning in preparation for all the changes that are coming. And so once again, she's out of town, uh, actually comes home today. And so she'll be back uh, tonight from, she was in Detroit and Hamilton, Ontario um, this, this last time, or this last week. So um, she's not with us today. And as I was wrestling with like what to do during this time, uh, you know, I, because and some of you may not be aware of this, but because this is our last Sunday in this space, um, I don't know, it just felt a little bit like a, a moment. <laughs> Rather than to continue in our, our norm, our norm is right now working through the book of Exodus. And so I, I, was, I had a couple of my prep times, and, and big thank you to Rachel um, this week who helped me out a couple times with the kids so I could get over to Sunnyside and, and get some work done. Um, so I thank her for that a lot, but a couple of those times where I was trying to um, pray and work on, work on my talk, and I'm reading through Exodus, and it's a, it's a cool passage, but it just didn't feel like the right moment for w- what's happening today, and um, you know, and then we have the sweet time of worship, which kind of, you clock watchers know, you know, it's already 1143, so yeah, yeah, so today's sermon is really less, it's really less of a sermon, less of a teaching, and more of like a reflection or a devotional thought on um, what the Groves is going through right now. And you know, every time I say the word devotional, that means it's going to be shorter, right? So at least that's what I try to, I try to implant that in your mind. And if I stick with my notes, it actually will be shorter. Um, so we'll see what happens, all right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, this first note has taken 10 minutes, so, you know, we'll see where this goes. But um, yeah, so if you're new with us, you're a guest, or you haven't been around in uh, recent uh, weeks, um, we are entering into kind of an experimental time where we as, a, as a, a faith community are partnering with the United Methodist Church, who we've never been a part of in any way, um, but through relationships that, that Sonia has uh, created through networking and connecting with people, um, they've invited us to be stewards of this incredible property in this incredible location, right? I mean, right, if, if you're a person who goes out to coffee or restaurants or stuff like that, you've probably been to one of the restaurants right over there on Belmont and 34th, that kind of area. And this is one block off of that, 35th and Yam Hill is where this facility is. And um, it's awesome. And next week will be our first week meeting there. Uh, same time, 1030, we'll be there. And um, we'll put some signs out so you can uh, find your way in to the room because it's a, it's a large space. So it might take you a while if we don't. And we'll probably have some folks stationed to kind of show you the way, that sort of thing. But um, we're transitioning to this, this meeting space, right? And it's going to be a new neighborhood, uh, new neighbors that we're already meeting, new opportunities, new responsibilities, new challenges. 
And I was debating whether or not to bring this up because there's some things like, you know, some problems that are at the level of things that, that we as leaders deal with that you guys, we don't want to burden you with kind of thing. And then there's some things that might reach out and touch you. And, um, and so I was debating on whether or not to do this. And since we had mentioned the fact that there, were, there was a longstanding uh, ministry to the unhoused in that uh, church for a long time. And um, at a level higher than us, at the UMC level, um, they decided when they evaluated our vision for the space and the vision that that ministry had for the space, that the space would not uh, work for both in the same uh, spot. And uh, they are uh, asking that ministry to, um, to leave. And uh, so, as you can imagine, we, um, I guess just to put it bluntly, we will be seen as the ones pushing them out. That, that is the sad truth. Um, and uh, so you might, you might hear some of that. You might, um, it, it wouldn't be uncommon that you might hear something yelled at you on the street as you come into, uh, the, in, into the place um, by some of the unhoused that uh, don't quite get the nuances of who's in charge and who actually owns the property and who's making the decisions and, and that sort of thing. And so um, that's awkward, but uh, I'd rather you know kind of what's going on uh, than, and if you want to know more about it, more detail, you can talk with me, talk with Sonia, talk with Jamie. Um, we can tell you uh, about that. But that's kind of, that's probably enough to cover, yes, Jamie? Jamie's an expert in all of these things. Because Jamie's been operating as the building manager uh, of this 40-some thousand square foot uh, facility with two other residential properties attached to it with tenants in all of these spaces. And um, it, it, so she's been doing that for two months now? Yeah. So, um, and been doing an amazing job. And I will say, to have the first time in Grove's history to have a, a team of us actually working and being in the same space has been awesome. And it makes us really excited for that, that effect of uh, synergy, being in the same space, dreaming together, uh, seeing how we're going to move forward. And so it's, pretty, it's been pretty amazing. Um, but the challenges are significant. Um, the place is, is tore up from the floor up. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> So, what? <laughs> yes? I just, in that same vein, yeah. before we dismiss, is there, can you give us an idea of what we can all do mm. to help make the transition next Sunday, you know, to get ready for that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, here's what we'll do. Maybe we will violate our, our rule of we only try to text you once um, a week. Right? That's our rule. We try to only give you an informational text once a week. And if, um, if you're not on that text uh, service, where can they go to find that, Abby? Abby's going to find out, and I'll, we'll tell it to you right now. But and, um, if you're not on it, it's a good thing to be on because it's really the most effective and accurate way to get information in a real-time uh, way for, from us. There we go. Yeah. Text your number to that number there. Text Grove's Alerts to that number. That's pretty self-explanatory, I think. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> and, and generally, we will only uh, text you once a week with uh, updates and information. Um, 
And thankfully, going forward, we probably will not have location changes on Sundays. <laughs> so can you imagine that? <laughs> not having a random last minute, we uh, got bounced from our space <laughs> kind of thing. Um, that's, that's blowing my mind just thinking about that alone. <laughs> that is uh, an awesome thing. But <laughs> Jamie's in charge of scheduling, so she makes, yeah, so if she is mad at us collectively, we might all find out on Saturday that, no, there's no space for the Groves. Yeah, <laughs> so, but hopefully that won't happen. But, um, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll shoot information out this week about times when we'll be doing some uh, prep works. So there's, there's tons to do around there, but um, for getting gear from here over to there, uh, doing setup, you know, any, anything out of the ordinary, we'll definitely text it and, and get it out to you all. And, um, and we need you all. This is kind of like, really, this is kind of like a replanting of the groves, right? We've been planting, and, and we've got this, this core of people that have been through the mill together. Um, and, and now it's like we're getting invited to the majors, you know? Like <laughs> you're getting a chance to be a steward of an incredible asset in an incredible part of town where um, really every, the potential is, is unbelievable, you, you'll just have to get over there and see um, and hear more, especially from Sonia, who uh, has really grown into the visionary uh, voice and, and mind of our community in the last year or two. And um, so it's incredible. The potential is far beyond anything we've ever dreamed. Um, but even with all that potential, right, transition is always hard, right? Transition into those kind of spaces, into a new thing, it's always difficult. And some of you guys, I don't know, do, you don't have to answer. You can if you want. Do some of you just feel unsettled by that sense of change? If you haven't been rattled by all the different changes we've had in the last two and a half years, then, you, you know, it's, I feel like the, what we've been through in the last few years has been like one of those flower sifters, you know, and it's just kind of shaking everybody. And then, like, the ones who are left is the refined flower, you know, that finally can make it through the filter. But that's, that's kind of what it, at least I feel like I've been shaken like that for the last two years, three years. Um, so it can feel unsettling, right? And when I was thinking about this idea of, of transitions and, and feeling uncomfortable in them, and I had a real, like, metaphorical kind of image that came to mind for me. Because when I was a kid, uh, like a teenager, I would always get, like, really sad um, right at the end of the day when it, dusk would happen. The sun would go down, and it's, and it's starting to become nighttime. And something about that was, like, that was some of my saddest times. Um, some of it was maybe because I was alone a lot uh, in that time. If I, if I wasn't playing a sport for a season, um, I, in some respects, I was kind of a, what we used to call back in that day a latchkey kid. So, you know, I came home, let myself in, made myself, you know, three or four corn dogs, and, um, <laughs> and, and just kind of hung out. And, and uh, you know, mom would get home and dad would get home at six or something. So those hours when everything was kind of transitioning, the light was waning, it just became a time that was, um, it's just a melancholy kind of time of day for me. And um, so those in my mind are kind of some of the most vivid memories of sadness around transition, right? Transition from daytime to nighttime. And, and so whether it's because I was like, a young philosopher at that time, and I saw it as an image of the death of the day, 
and, and that darkness was creeping in. You know, I don't know if it was that or if it was just, you know, I had to eat my corn dogs alone. I'm not sure. Um, but it made me sad, you know. And, um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I, I, I'm a fan of corn dogs and hot dogs still, sure. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's socially unacceptable to say so in public. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of feels like that time of day, like nature is just saying no to more of the day. Just no, no more day. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, um, but, you know, that idea, that idea of something being, like, ended, it's say, they're saying no to it, you know, bothers us, right? That you guys like being told no, Yes. No? Right, yeah, I'm being sarcastic. Obviously, no one really likes that, that feeling of constraint or being told no. Um, but our lives are completely littered with no's. Right? I, you think back through your life and all the different times, um, you've, you've had that, that sense of no farther, you know? This, you're, not, you're not doing this. And I, and I know the life of this uh, family of faith um, has been littered with that. Right? If you've journeyed with us for, uh, since the beginning, you really know this. Right? Before there was ever the mention of a church called the Groves, the no's were absolutely rolling in. Um, originally, Sonia and I thought the Groves would be in San Francisco. That, that was uh, where we originally set our eyes on. We took an uh, exploratory trip there. Uh, it met kind of all the things we felt like God was putting on our heart for a city uh, to be in. And, um, you know, you, you, some of you heard me talk about this before. We couldn't, uh, we couldn't get a meeting. We couldn't raise a dime. No one had any interest in helping us um, fulfill the vision of what the Groves has become here in Portland in San Francisco. There was, there was no interest on the sending end in the Midwest and no interest on the receiving end uh, out there here on the West Coast in San Francisco. And so that was a def no, definitely no. Um, there was a brief moment where we were invited to Boise, and that was probably more a no from us than telling someone no, <laughs> um, even though the mountains are beautiful there. But um, we just, it just wasn't right. It wasn't the right place. It wasn't the home that God was uh, preparing for us and preparing for uh, this, this family of faith. While we were trying to raise support for our family to move out here, um, the no's I heard are too many to mention. Uh, because the, the way we chose to do this, there's multiple ways you can plant a faith community. One of the ways is you can just travel around and talk to churches and say, hey, will you help us do this? Will you support us for a period of time? And um, it's like cold call sales, especially, especially when you're moving from one part of one region of the country to another. Uh, people are territorial. And so people in the Midwest didn't want to give money to a church plant on the West Coast. And people on the West Coast didn't want to give money to a Midwestern church planter to move them out there so they could church plant. And, and, and it, it took a miracle. It took someone giving us, literally someone, God spoke to their heart. They said, we have enough extra money to buy an extra house in Tualatin. And they did. They bought an extra house in Tualatin and said, we're going to house missionaries there. And then they found out about what we were doing, and they gave us a place to live for a year. And um, with our whopping 800 a month salary to support our family of four at the time, we moved out here and, and raised the rest of the money. But it's just constant, constant no's, right? 
But all those negative answers, you know, they lead us to some life-changing yeses in the form of friendships and partnerships, which um, translates to um, now we have this whole group of people who get to go through no's together. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we filter. Yeah, <laughs> we do our best. But this group, especially from the early days, that, that core group of folks, we went through those no's together. Right? We heard, no, you can't have your loud worship service in this apartment after 9 p.m. What's the deal? As Eric danced out the door playing his guitar to the chagrin of the security guard standing there about to knock on the door. We heard, no, you can't have a room to meet in with less than a 93-degree temperature. There were months of just, I think we lost weight during that time. Yeah. No, we can't follow through on our commitment to financially support your efforts. That one hurts. No, you can't vote for Obama and be a Christian. I, I literally had a couple conversations, and, and I, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I didn't vote for him in 2008, but I was accused of it because of the company I kept. And, um, and I literally had a couple of uh, pastors pull me in their office and have this odd conversation around our politics and as it related to being supported financially. Um, some problems there, I think. Uh, no, you can't care about people falling in love with Jesus and social justice. No, you can't have any more time with Chris or Jason because they've stepped into eternity. No, this relationship is not going to work anymore. Uh, no, we don't have you on the schedule. <laughs> no, we don't have space for you to worship this morning. This morning, right? That's when the conversation is happening. Those kind of days. We had those multiple times. No, we don't rent spaces to churches. No, you can't park here for free anymore. Yeah. No, you can't park the trailer here. No, you don't have enough money to rent this space. You don't have enough money to pay the insurance. No, to make the payroll. No, to help the fam that family. No, we don't have enough money to get the subwoofer, Eric. <laughs> I need scapegoats. Um, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> I just bought it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it will not be easy. We get to decide how we deal with the no's. Right? Because the no's in our life can lead to discouragement and disappointment. They can cause us to be bitter and cynical and it can cause us to quit. And I love quitting. At least I used to. You know, as I got older, I started to realize you can't get anything done if you quit every time it gets hard. And um, I, I hate doing things I'm not good at. And so when the feedback from what's going on uh, is like, this is not working. You're no good at this. You're no good. You're, you know, that's the message I take to heart. And, um, you know. I wanted to quit many times, as I've, I've said. But something kept getting built in us, right? Something was being changed. Something was being transformed, being matured. 
So they can lead us to quit, or they can lead us to the yes that God has for us. And there's a story in Acts about the Apostle Paul that has always stood out to me about this. In Acts chapter 16, we get this little story about Paul out in some missionary uh, journey, some, uh, doing some Christian work, church planning, ministering to people. Right? And it says this. I'm just going to read um, five verses of chapter 16. Paul came to Derby, then to Lystra. He found a disciple there by the name of Timothy son of a devout Jewish mother and, and, the Greek, and a Greek father. Friends in Lystra and Iconium all said that uh, what a fine young man he was. Paul wanted to recruit him for their mission, but first took him aside and circumcised him. No, you don't get to keep your foreskin. Um, I, that was a no. So, yeah. <laughs> so he wouldn't. Uh, so he was circumcised, so he would not offend the Jews who lived in those parts, because uh, he he would always start with the the local synagogue. Paul would. That's where he would start uh, for at least the first half of his ministry till um, he started getting the message that they weren't interested. But he would start often with the local Jewish community. And so he would go to this effort and even ask one of his disciples to go to this effort to hear about Jesus and who he was and that he was the Messiah and that he had come and that the kingdom of God had been inaugurated. Um, Continuing, they all all knew that his father was Greek, all those in that area uh, knew that Timothy's father was Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they uh, presented the simple guidelines the Jerusalem apostles and leaders had come up with. Uh, that turned out to be most helpful. Day after day, the congregations became stronger in faith and larger in size. So he's got all this success. Things are working. Should be all yeses from here on, right? That, I mean, it's, that's, that's the evidence. God's with them. God's on our side. It's working. Then they went to Phrygia, and then on through the region of Galatia, their plan, their plan, the people, the humans, Paul and them, their plan was to turn west into Asia province. But the Holy Spirit said no. The Holy Spirit blocked that route. What? <laughs> Why not say yes? Right? We don't know. The Holy Spirit knew better. No. Then, so they, they went to Mysia and tried to go north into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus said no. <laughs> the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. So proceeding on through Mysia, they went down to the seaport, Troas. Then that night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and called across the sea, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The dream gave Paul his map. We went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All the pieces had come together. We knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. Every time I come across that passage, I have this idea um, that God guides as much through no's as he does through yeses. And as the groves Um, has journeyed together. We've moved through no's to yes's. 
And we've experienced, you know, and it's not, it's not cut and dried. It's not like just a season of no's and then a season of yeses, right? Like, <laughs> it's disappointing, right? It's like what these guys are going through. They're having this success. It's working. They're doing ministry. It's happening. And then all these no's that redirects them, that guides them in a different direction to a group of yeses. And we've had that happen. We've had those no's guide us towards different people, put us in different places at different times, change us, mature us, grow us, right? So we start stumbling across yeses. Yes, you can pray with me. Yes, you can help. Yes, we can do life together. Yes, my life is being changed. Yes, we do commit our lives to one another. Yes, we will get through this together. Yes, you can park the trailer in our driveway. Yes, I did drop the trailer off the back of my vehicle in the middle of Barber Boulevard. <laughs> yes, I will give my time and talent. Yes, I will love Jesus with my whole heart. Yes, I will care about social justice. Yes, you can vote Democrat or Republican and be a true follower of Jesus. So yes, we can disagree and be a worshiping family. Yes, anyone is welcome here. Yes, we will care about these foster kids. Yes, we will adopt these children. Yes, we will give our own finances to rent this space, to pay the insurance, to make the payroll, to help that family, to get that subwoofer. <laughs> yes, you can meet here in this hotel with exceedingly weird carpet, in this giant church community center, in my home. Yes, you can meet in my personal business on the showroom floor where we keep all the hand trucks and dollies that have to be moved and put back every week. Even if you don't put it back correctly, you can still meet here. Yes, you can meet in this space. And yes, we invite you to restore, rebuild, and renew this space. And no, it will not be easy, but yes, it will be beautiful. So yes, transitions are hard, but they can also be beautiful. I no longer find the transition uh, at the end of the day holds that same sadness uh, for me. Some of it's perspective, experience, maturity, growth. We just had the opportunity uh, the week before last to uh, spend five nights at Lincoln City right on the, right on the beach and just listen to the ocean and try to recharge and renew right before we go into this, this new season. And um, that's the most incredible part of the day, isn't it? Especially on the beach. That, that time where the, the light is waning and the colors are incredible and the creator is putting on this show that is uh, unparalleled by anything humanity can ever do or accomplish. And um, it's spectacular. <laughs> And so we, 
I'm praying that for myself. I'm praying that for us as a community, that as we move into this transition, this time of, of, of vision taking on a, um, a physical place, that um, what could scare us or what could be unsettling to us um, becomes inspiring, becomes a thing that we look back on and go, this is a beautiful time, what God is doing here. And so that's really it. That's what I invite you into, is to embrace this, this time. If you would do me a favor, um, if you'd look around and go, who, uh, think about who you know that normally is part of the groves or comes at some time at all, that you have their information in your phone, right? And they're not here, right? Think about that. Look around. I, and this is literal. I, so I, <laughs> I really want us to try to do this. And, and um, because some people aren't on the text message thing. And I want to invite everybody who's been a part of this in, into this time. Would you consider sending a text message to people that you look around and you go, hey, they're not here. And you can do it right now. This is part of our response, is inviting community to like, let's do this together. Let's, let's see what God has uh, as we transition into this next phase. And so I, I just invite you into that. We're going to do our normal kind of respond and reflect. Um, there's communion in the back if you'd like to do that. Our basket's always back there. It's one of the times we worship through our giving. But um, we're going to play a song, and then we're going to read a scripture together to officially close out. But um, I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful. For, I, I echo Kathy and, um, and extend it beyond uh, the musicians to just this beautiful group of people that we get to do life with and it is uh, an incredible thing and um and if you're new with us or you just got just starting to get to know us um trust me this is a special and an incredible group of people and you're invited to um to join the family and so um we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna sing a song and uh close up our time here for the last time (laughs) in this space as far as we know (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.